Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the latest shaking for Red Raider hoops, and we're talking about a full swap up front for Zach Kitley's offense next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use that code college60 at HelloFresh.com. For 60% off plus free shipping. That's college60 at HelloFresh.com. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be back with you, Chris. Kicking off another week, and we'll spend a little bit of time, of course, looking ahead, but also as we begin the episode, something that's uh, forcing us to look back a little bit. We did not get to this on Friday, but I'm sure plenty of Texas Tech fans out there have been processing some of the Latest news to emerge from the Texas Tech men's basketball program. Uh, That specifically, I guess, on a player front, we did have official announcements of a a couple of assistants being hired. Two names we did talk about last week that were with Coach McCaslin at North Texas. But uh, otherwise, Davion Harmon makes some intentions known and obviously was a big part of what you were doing a season ago. Really unique player. I enjoyed having Davion in Lubbock, but uh, sounds like, I guess that time is coming to an end. Yeah, you know, that uh, – I don't know if it was Thursday night or Friday morning, but, uh, yeah, that that announcement comes out that Davion Harmon is going to pursue a, a pro career. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think he's been in college uh, for, for many, many years. He's been at various institutions, and I wasn't sure – you know where where he where he fit uh, in, into the mix here under Coach McCaslin, uh, and and I'm not you know he he was a grad transfer, so I think the way that technically works is Texas Tech would have to say we're going to renew your scholarship, and so I don't know if that was his choice, if it was Tech's choice, or or whatever. But it, it just sounds like Davion will, will go play basketball elsewhere. At some point, and and when he was good, he was really good. I think uh, you know he he plays hard. Um, I think he's emotional. Um, I think he, you know, I think it's fair to say maybe sometimes he dribbles too much. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, he was a big reason why you played really good basketball in, in the month of February when you kind of went on your your hot streak, if you will, and won some of those games in a row. But. Um, you know, and, and and now this becomes about so, and I don't think so. Harmon is is gone. Um, Fardaz is is committed to Cal. Uh, KJ Allen is in the portal. He's kind of got narrowed his list to some mid major types that that he's uh, g- gonna choose from. Louisiana Tech, Portland State. There, there's some different ones. Um, and so you're you're starting to get some clarity on who for sure won't be back, and maybe how many spots that you do uh, have back. And so it really becomes too, Calvin, about who who do we think that they want to keep? You know who do who do we think that they would like to still have here? And I think that list is is something along the lines of 
Pop Isaacs, Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings, Daniel Bacho, Kyron Lindsay, Jalen Tyson, uh, Elijah Fisher, maybe, you know, and 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 past that, and, and even then, I'm not I'm not saying that I you know could say for certain on that, but that that's you, you're starting to read the tea leaves there. But that's that's actually kind of a bigger list than I expected. I and, was, and I, yeah, and I, and I'm not certain that they could keep all those guys sure. because again, it has to be the kids' choice as well. Uh, because you know, Bacho's in the portal. Uh, I think uh, Elijah Fisher is in the portal, so they can be contacted. And I know, I know, Bacho's being sought after by multiple Power Five schools. Uh, I don't know about Fisher's uh, situation just yet, but uh, you know, Pop Isaacs would be sought after. I think Tyson would be sought after. So you know, again. But here's the thing. Here's where a lot of this is going to come down to, in my opinion. A lot of this is going to come down to, are you here because you want to play at Tech and for Coach McCaslin and Lubbock in front of these fans? Or are you here because you you, you made money last year? And, and depending on how much you made, you're looking for more or you're looking for that before you will kind of say, this is what I want to do. And I have no problem if if a player if that's the way they want to operate. Look, Fardal Zamak and his people they were unabashedly apologetic for. Hey, man, we're trying to maximize our value here. I think he got rumor has it he got like four hundred thousand dollars to go to Cal, and so they were they're in it to try to maximize the value. This is the this is the landscape right now. But I, I think if you're Coach McCaslin, you're trying to look at this thing and put it together on your terms. You want guys that want to be here, that want to play defense, that want to, you know, play in front of these fans and want to be at Texas Tech. And it's not necessarily about, you know, how much how much can we afford to pay you? I don't think that the grant is in any way anti NIL. Okay, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I think that uh, everybody involved here need, feels the need to kind of even even it out a bit compared to what it was uh, last year and how they kind of operated with it. Um, and that that's parties that were involved with it. That's the administration at Texas Tech. That's the coaching staff at, at Texas Tech. I think feel all all pretty strongly about that. Similar to how football is rolling. Uh, it, you know that may be uh, not doable depending on what you're trying to get done, but. I think that's kind of the goal here. So that there, there's some of, there's some of all these factors that play into who comes back, who doesn't, and I think schematic fit uh, as well. What's your skill set? Can you do what we want to do? You know, d- would it be the best fit for you basketball wise to stay here? But this one's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow because I think this week will be there'll be a lot of movement this week one way or the other. Guys saying, "Hey, I'm staying here. This is what I want to do," or you know what. It's been about a week since since the announcement. I'm 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 getting to the portal. This just isn't this isn't for me, you know. So I think we could see a lot of movement potentially this week. I, I got to be honest with uh, you know with my list or what I expect or anticipate to to make up the list of returners, guys we've seen. And I I guess I just leave Kyron Lindsay kind of out of this conversation because I have I don't really know what to make of him as a Tech basketball player. We hadn't seen him as a Tech basketball player, but. I want him here, uh, just given what he's done so far in his basketball career. But either way, um, I, I don't know, Chris. I kind of felt like there was some some vibe in the air last week or maybe since Coach McCaslin's introductory press conference kind of gotten some wheels turning. Uh, 
I, I felt like maybe I should brace for for very few uh, to be sought after by the program to return. I think there are some obvious names when you talk about well, the one you let off with there in Pop Isaacs. To me, I'm I'm more Bacho over Jennings at this point in time, but that's only because I think we've seen more from Bacho. Jennings is still just 99% potential. Bacho is about 55% potential, I guess. It's not like he's broken through, but we've seen some things that he's capable of. But yeah, when you talk about Isaacs, uh, Washington, Tyson, you know, these are guys that I, I really would like uh, to be able to retain. But I, I don't know what is going through the mind of, of Coach McCaslin. And I really, it's so funny to me to just sit here and, and observe some of what's happening now with some time spent in the era of name, image, and likeness rights because it's almost like we're at the precipice of some outcry from like student athletes saying, well, this is unfair. We need this. We need that. We got to <laughs> spread it around more. And I don't know how many were out there saying this years back, but I was one of them. You better be freaking careful what you wish for when you're talking about uh, like unionizing and collective bargaining. And now we want uh, a free market because we want to capitalize on this. Arian Foster was starving. People are making slave labor comparisons prior to this. Uh, okay, so we listened to you. And now you've got this realm to kind of exist in. But you want you want fairness? You want to kind of spread it around? And these are just abstract thoughts. I know there's not like a player in the news saying, you know, boy, I'm, re I'm being railroaded here. We got to spread it around. But you know, like I do, some of those feelings will begin to pop up. And I'm sure you knew it when the push was on toward this, that some of those things would pop up. Again, be very careful what you wish for women's rowing. If you'd like things more equitable within your athletics department, that means your program will not exist. You make no money. So be very careful what you wish for. And it's just, to me, so quickly that we've gotten to this point now, what, like two years into it, I guess, or a year and a half into it or so, that we're already like, all right, well, some of these guys, we're going to have to going to have to make this a little more even or and I feel like basketball I don't know how you what your take is on this but the basketball thing I almost feel like maybe fortunately or unfortunately is going to be a monster unto itself yep because so many things could happen with so fewer uh individuals as far as changing the trajectory of a program and it's like if there's that one guy out there and he wants six hundred thousand dollars and none of you guys are over 40 or whatever well, tough, because this dude may change our program. I know it's not that simple. That's like an extreme example, obviously. But um, we've gotten to this point, and we talked about this last week or maybe two weeks ago, where you're really going to have to start investing in the character, even more so, I think, than maybe you did in previous eras, of the guys you're involving in your program. And not just like character, like, hey, will you go to class? Will you say yes, ma'am, and open the door? Will you just not be a, a creep? Uh, it's character like, hey, you've got to understand where you fit in and you have got to be content with whatever you're able to generate. And if you want more, then generate more. But I, I don't know that I anticipated so quickly, uh, maybe a spinning back around to thinking, I don't know, is it causing more problems than it is uh, say like resulting in an advantage or what, but that's part of this takeover here. Uh, leadership change that I'm so fascinated with Chris, because there's no assumption. Everybody's just going to do it the same. And, we're, we're feeling like, yeah, he's going to be pro NIL or he's going to be has to be involved in that to compete. But I'm ready to get maybe a better feel of, of how they're, they will pursue things uh, in that direction 
or not pursue things in that direction. And I don't begrudge Fardaw Zamak or anybody else who wants to be unapologetic about that. This is what I'm doing. I don't, I don't begrudge them at all, but a coach <laughs> better be very, very judicious uh, in the way that obviously some of this is being pursued goes without saying, I guess. You're, you're right in that men's basketball is, is, Oh, semi one-off. I think it's spilling over into football uh, quite a bit as well, uh, but not not near not near like basketball. Just because I think you nailed it. You can get one guy, Nigel Pack, for example, and you can go pay him eight hundred thousand dollars, and you can end up in the Final Four. Uh, I'm not saying that they that's exactly why they got to the Final Four, but I don't know if they get to the Final Four without Nigel Pack. Um, and that was uh, that was a dollar figure that was very public and. Yeah. And, and all those things they coming from Kansas State and went to the University of Miami. <clears throat> um, I think that I think that Grant wants kids to come here because they want to be here, and then the NIL stuff can figure be figured out after the fact. You follow me? Yeah. Like, in other words, you're not coming here because you've been offered this dollar amount. It's like. Hey, I want to. This is where I want to go, man. I want to play here. I want to be in front of these fans. I want to be in this building and practice in the Womble and and play your style of defense and all those things. And we'll we'll worry about NIL afterward. There, there's an order to it, and I think that maybe last summer the order was was opposite. It was, <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Well, it's kind of like employment, right? It's you want to go somewhere that you think you're going to be able to make a lot of money. Obviously, that's what we're here for. But that also doesn't have to be the primary attraction day one. I think you also think about like, can I grow into making this, or is this going to yeah, improve my? Right. So I, they'll have a kid will have to consider that, and that may be a diamond in the rough to find. I don't know. Maybe they're not that way, but uh, and I, I'll I be surprised. But I'll be surprised too if they don't do something. So this wasn't done. This wasn't done with men's basketball. It was done with football. It was done with the Lady Raiders. But I'll, I'll be surprised if they don't kind of come up with something that is just like, hey, here's what everybody gets when you play here. And it doesn't mean you can't go get something off to the side or something extra or anything sure. like that. You know, but I, I think that, you know, that that is something that that's why I say maybe even it out a bit, uh, because there, there were some guys on this team last year getting a ton of money and there was others not getting any. And I, you know, and again, this is what the market dictated. They were able to get it and, and nobody, it's nobody's fault. It's just, but I think that, that they would like to, you know, they, they being, you know, Grand and Texas Tech and the folks that are kind of in charge of NIL and, and, and Lubbock and Fortech with the collectives and things like that. I think they would prefer a little more evened out process, but we'll see what we get. But that, that does absolutely factor in. It's not everything, but it does factor in into kind of who's back, who's not. You know, what What are you demanding? Are you wanting to be here just because of that? Or are you are, are you wanting to be here because, you know, you you, you like uh, wearing red and black and, and, and all those things? So I think we're going to start having holdouts, contract disputes. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that won't exist either because they'll just get, get in the portal. Or you just wish somebody, hey, man, if you if you feel like you can get a certain amount of money we wish you good luck and and if, if your mind changes and maybe we still have a spot you know come back and talk to us you know we, we it depends on who it is obviously but um because I, I really believe like i don't think the the robert jennings is and the lamar washington's and people like that i don't think they were really involved in this stuff and i think they were just here because this is where they wanted to be and i think that given the choice they may want to stay here but it has to make sense for them and 
and and basketball wise and and personal personal wise and all that stuff. So you know, it just hit me. There is a roughly six figure uh, education also available. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, you know, know, we think like, well, yeah. the guys that aren't getting nothing, yeah. boy, they're just here dragging along. Where <laughs> once upon a time, it's like, no, that is what you get. You get a scholarship and a chance to come to college uh, for free in exchange for athletic talent. I shouldn't say for free. And Florida, Florida Atlantic, you know, and and some of the, you know, I don't know what UConn situation is. We know what Miami's was, but I mean, there's ways to win doing it all different kinds of ways. You don't have to be a heavy player in this stuff to try to win. I mean, that's been proven. Uh, You know, you you need culture, you need discipline, you need talent, you need, you know, play, you know, playing hard. I mean, all those kinds of things. So I just, it's just I think some guys have, have gotten some some revenue off to the side. Some guys have not. And and it doesn't mean, you know, so you just don't know what their intentions or wants are going forward here now that the coaching staff has changed. So it's that word. You, the first one you mentioned, culture, you got to have it. Yeah. And that is also going to involve a guy who's being recruited, getting some feel of the potential of name, image and likeness monetization. I don't think you want to show up and hear the head coach crapping on it, you know, and acting like that's that's not the way we do it. But that just needs to be one spoke in the wheel yeah. of what your culture is and hopefully a winning one. Chris, before we move on from hoops, we're going to get to tech football and we're going to get to what turns the wheel for any football team, that being an offensive line. We'll hear from offensive line coach Stephen Hamby coming up in just a moment. But I was curious on the assistant front. Uh, the two additions that that we've learned of so far were the two that we talked about last week, uh, the guys that are coming over from uh, North Texas with Coach McCaslin. But the pursuit otherwise of some of the names that you and I talked about over the last few weeks, guys like McCollum or whoever it might be that's on your mind, um, have we had plans change? Have we had offers rejected? Have we had what type of evolution, I guess, uh, are you aware of with the remainder of trying to fill out a staff? I, I think it's all – I think as Grant has, has sat back and been on the job for a few days, I think trying to put the right pieces in place, kind of trying to figure out – you know, and, and a lot of this has been just sitting and listening uh, to yeah. to players and to parents, to whoever, and trying to determine kind of what, what he needs. Uh, I do think he needs uh, – you know, Coach Brower and Coach AC are, are, are younger. I think Coach Brower very well respected, but these guys are, are – are, not long time, 20 plus year assistance, things like that. So I, I think that that's why, you know, you saw some of those names uh, mentioned, uh, you, you know, several weeks ago, with some experience. Uh, and I, I think that is, uh, that is something that I wouldn't be surprised if coach McCaslin adds to the mix here. Um, and, gotcha. you know, I think his, I think his strength coach uh, is going to come from North Texas. He's a fairly young guy, very well, well respected as well. But I mean, there's a variety of 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 you can always you know rearrange you know titles and things like that once you kind of get the group together and kind of maximize skill sets based on you know who you're able to get, what you feel like you need, and, and so I think this is going to be you know, and, and people may roll their eyes when they hear this, but this may play out into I, I don't know if the, the 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 coaching part per se. But like all the pieces could still be somewhat up in the air from one to say 30 or 35, depending on how, how many graduate assistants and student managers and video coordinators and how far you go down the deal. This could play uh, uh, out into like May or June, uh, which is typically 
you know, kind of how some of that stuff, uh, you know, d- does. I mean, it, it's just like you, I, I will say that about two months from, or a little less than two months from right now, whenever you report for the first session of summer school and you can actually start working with your team, that's a good deadline for your roster and for staff and all that. Not that it's it's locked or anything and things change, but that that's a good soft deadline, I would say, for for a lot of this to be put to bed. But that's that's what June. Uh, I'd have to go look up the Texas Tech uh, uh, academic calendar to find out when June one starts. But you know, the, the, these guys aren't going to show up. Players when everything won't show up until late May, early June. And, but that's when you can start practicing and you can start doing things on the court as a staff and start, you know, and so some of this stuff may play out until then. But uh, I just know this, you can kind of, you know, move your pieces around as you see fit, depending on what you add or what you feel like you need. And, you know, again, there, there's just so many, I think, people involved in a basketball program or, or athletic program in general at this level that you just don't realize, you know, you have player development, you have video coordinator, you have, you know, like the, the, the operations type folks, you have uh, graduate assistants uh, that are w- guys that are wanting to be coaches at some point. And then you have student managers, you have assistant coaches, you have personal assistants, I mean, on, on and on. So the, the, there, there's a long list of, of people and roles that still need to be filled. And, and that may take a bit. Is the video coordinator the guy that like uh, drives up to Kittiquay to meet the guys from Oklahoma State <laughs> and they exchange VHSs, something like that? It, it, you know, and that position is is rather stressful. Uh, George Nielsen was that uh, that guy last year. You know, the, the the two the two under beard and and I guess uh, yeah, I guess the two under beard were, were, were Max and Elliot. They both went off to the NBA for the Timberwolves and the Pistons. This is the guy or department that is getting all the game film that you would need to use to scout. They are chopping up your game as soon as it ends and they get it to all 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 coaches laptops and everything like that so they can immediately scout because when you're in the machine you're rolling quickly you know it's like we don't we only have two days to prepare but then you the the stressful part is you're the guy that um you 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 may you may go look at a player in the portal and go hey man go find me the, the, the guy's every three point shot that he took go find me cut up every assist that he's got and it, it's a lot, and then, and and the, and then they want it. They want it quickly. I'm imagining these guys just being fried, coming out looking like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. No, Futures. they're 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 mostly basketball people, but they they can work a MacBook and work a uh, program called Synergy uh, and play it play it like a guitar. Really, I mean, it, it's it's actually fasc- <laughs> it's actually fascinating. I mean, and they are worth their weight in gold if you have a good one. I mean, I know Max and Elliot and George yeah. have all been phenomenal. Um, cause they, they know, you know, that they're helping prepare for the current game, the look ahead game, uh, they're, they're involved in recruiting and they're, they're just, but it, it's, uh, it's a fascinating job position, but it's hard and it's stressful for sure. There you go. Uh, yeah. if you're a basketball guy out there, maybe don't want to be a coach, uh, but you can play a MacBook like a guitar per Chris level, uh, <laughs> video coordinator could be in your future. Keep it in mind. All right, before we are out of here, we're heading over to Joey McGuire's spring camp as we're going to hear from offensive line coach Stephen Hamby, and we'll talk trenches. Specifically, I think one of the more interesting positional changes uh, on either side of the ball, any phase of the game for the entire roster is playing out within Coach Hamby's group, and we'll get some thoughts 
on that. Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. NBA postseason on your mind. Now's the perfect time to get in as a new customer with FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today, and you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet don't bank. You feel me? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything and everything. Money line, point scores, how many fans LeBron gets kicked out in the first quarter, whatever you want, they got it. Plus, FanDuel is even going to let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. Smoking on that same game parlay pack, my man, only with FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets today when you go to FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. With Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode. We're leaving hoops behind. Talking trenches to wrap up today's episode, Chris, as spring camp is rolling on. And one of the more intriguing aspects of this camp uh, clearly playing out along the offensive line under Stephen Hamby. I think what we saw last year offensively, as we've talked about in a couple of different ways uh, since spring camp has began, uh, was admirable at the end of the year, but mostly because of the obstacles you were having to overcome. Uh, the fact that you were able to come up with a uh, mostly successful season, beating opponents your fans care about and getting a bowl win over an SEC team, uh, winning games late in the season to finish the year. These are all things that you got to call successful, but the fact that you were able to do it uh, with injury along the offensive line, injury to your quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking some injuries, if we're talking O-line, that played out before the season even began that derailed plan A. So as we head into year two, you're really hoping with that group, you just have some better luck, I think, first and foremost, but that also you'll see some big-time progress. Well, in the effort or in the name of progress, one of the things uh, that is happening has been a switch with your bookends here, your tackles now going to be swapped as far as what you're expecting to see week one. Things can still change, but Caleb Rogers from left to right, Monroe Mills from right to left. And I want to get some thoughts uh, from you, Chris, on how this is playing out and also how we arrived here. But first, let's take a listen to offensive line coach Stephen Hamby talking about that swap so far. Pretty comfortable, honestly, in my opinion. They, uh, Caleb looks really good over there, right? Monroe, um, he's already played left before, so it's easy for him to make, make that switch back. But, uh, I mean, he's gotten really strong. Caleb's trying to get a lot stronger, too. So we just, the offseason was a really, really big deal for us at, at the tech position. I think in like whether you run a company or whether you're a coach or or whatever, I mean, w one of the biggest things that you have to do is or you're tasked with is, and you've got players or a, a set of employees, whatever, put people in a position to where they can succeed. And sometimes you have to put people in a position where okay, this doesn't really fit, but man, the company needs this, and it's not the best for the person. But I think in this case. You know that this is this is 
the best thing for each player to 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 have switched uh, because I don't know if you were maybe asking Caleb Rogers too much to play left tackle, uh, and, and I, I think he he struggled with that at times. I think he did the best he could, uh, but I think you know they even tried Caleb Rogers at center during bowl prep just to kind of see you know, move some things around and just kind of see what, what would be best because they knew that Dennis Wilburn moving to guard would maybe be best for Dennis Wilburn and, and all those things. But Chris, I think – Can I ask you something real quickly about Caleb there in that instance? Uh-huh. It seems like even though there's been some disappointment, they want this guy to factor in somewhere yes. because it's not a situation where it's just like, all right, th- he's struggling, next guy up, and maybe we'll get back to you. But what What is there to that? Because it seems like well, they really want him somewhere to be involved. Yeah, he, he he is talented. I think he you know that there's some maturation that needed to take place. I think he played really uh played a lot early. And I think that you know he's being pushed right now and I think he's having to get better and grow up and I think this is all good. I think him being around the Wilburns and the Spencers and the and the and the stats, the, the, these kinds of older players, this has been good for him. And I think, you know, Monroe Mills is somebody that more is more of a natural left tackle. Look, typically when you're when you're a left tackle, odds are more often than not, you're going to see the best pass rusher opposite of you, you know, uh, with the other team. And that's why left tackles in the NFL, it's one of the premium positions in in, in the league. And it's paid extremely well if you find the right one protects the quarterback's blind side and all those things but that's where you know that's where they typically line up you know your uh your your best pass rushers and things like that but I just think I think Caleb Rogers absolutely factors in and I say disappointment it, it's not I just don't know if that was his natural spot he was just a bit overwhelmed at times I think at left tackle he look he Caleb's very animated he's very he talks a lot he's very you never have to worry about you know Sometimes he needs to focus and, and hone that in a bit, but I think he's a he's a he plays hard. He's a good kid, but I just think that this will do worlds for him, uh, moving him from from left over to right, and then moving Monroe. But they just didn't want to do it in the middle of last year without practicing it. And I think that they thought about some of this stuff in bowl prep with with a lot of time to work, but they just didn't. That comes with a lot. You start moving pieces around. It's like we haven't played a game like this yet this year. Let's just kind of keep it like it was. We got a good look at it in practices, and and I think that was probably wise. But now now they can make that change and they get get a full off season to kind of adjust to that. But but we've talked a lot about Caleb. But this is a lot to do with Monroe Mills too. I mean, I think Monroe is more of a natural left tackle. This is what he's played before. Um, he's a bit, he's got some longer arms, I think, and a bit, bit taller and, and just more range right there. So, and, and he was a heck of a find, uh, from the portal, uh, last year, you know, to get him here. And then the, they the backup there. And I wouldn't just totally rule him out of, of nudging his way into one of these two spots is Ty Buchanan. You know, uh, I think he's done really, really good. So it's just nice to have some answers, um, because I think I think Hamby will tell you, look, we, we kind of know our five right now. And if it's not those five, we know who the sixth or the seventh guy may be. But it's really eight, nine, ten that you're really trying to, you know, identify, if you will. And I think that's Landon Peterson who's hurt. That's 
uh, Matt Keeler, uh, who, who's kind of changing his body, and he's right now the backup left tackle. So those are that's what this spring is really about: is that eight, nine, and ten uh, more so than than the switch at tackle. But I think your point still stands, and that that was a big move for both of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah I mean it's kind of just scary outright, and I guess you know seeing some of the scary things from a quarterback perspective that were coming off that left side, <laughs> this isn't as scary. <laughs> and hopefully, yeah. in the name again of progress. You figure some things out, but uh, we were talking about this heading into bowl practice season, which is college football's most treasured time of year. Let's all wait three weeks before the most important game. Uh, you know, and you were saying, hey, they may swap some things up here. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or before, you know, we get down there with Ole Miss, we're going to swap up tackles. And it turned out, of course, just to be, hey, we're using this time to experiment and see what we think maybe about the future, about spring camp and big picture. So we didn't see it play out so dramatically, obviously, as, as the game, but as as it could have in the game, I guess I should say. But, man, when you're talking about your tackles, you're talking about uh, probably two of the five or ten most important positions on your entire team, specifically left tackle, I'd say, is one of the top five most important positions on your team. But it, it's a little bit – it's a little scary. Uh, but you're trying to get better, so I hope that – that's going to be the result of that. Can you tell me where I'm right or wrong? Not participating in the spring, but just uh, your five left to right. We're talking Mills, Wilburn, Stats. Yeah, le- le- yeah, left to right. It, it's Mills. It's actually Spencer, then Stats, then Wilburn, okay. and then uh, Rogers. And I think Jacoby Jackson is your is your is the guy pushing both guards right now. And I think Ty Buchanan is pushing both tackles right now. Gotcha. Um, I would say that like your backup center is still technically Dennis Wilburn. Uh, I think if, the, if, if if something were to ever happen to stats, I think that you would still put Wilburn in there at center who, compared to whoever is working at backup center right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then you would just put Jacoby Jackson in at guard, move Wilburn to center. Uh, I think Sheridan Wilson was uh, working out at backup. Um, center at times. I think he kind of dinged up his hand uh, in, in practice a couple weeks ago. And then I think, you know, Coach Hamby really talked a lot about Daniel Sill and then Caden Carr, both of the mid-year guys that are true freshmen that are both just enormous individuals that have uh, – they're just in the process of trying to grow up and drinking from a fire hose and all that, getting it all figured out. But, I mean, your, your offensive line is the best it's been – as a group in a, in a while and the bar to be honest with you has been relatively low just because you've had injuries or inexperience or whatever it may be. And you you've got to try to address some of this between now and like a year from now, because as much as we love Spencer stats and, and uh, Wilburn, they're all gone after this season. And so that's a lot to replace. Hmm. Uh, so that that's why, the Jacoby Jacksons and the Buchanans and the Landon Petersons and the Sheridan Wilsons and the Cars and the Sills and on and on it goes. That's why it's crucial time for them right now this spring and uh, will be this August and all those kinds of things because at some point, you know, that middle three is going to depart. Sounds like we better be doing some eating in the A-gap. I really am excited about the interior. I hope I'm not getting too – uh, too quick to get that way about Spencer, given the fact that I, I don't know what to expect, but I know that was obviously a, a big blow. But I don't wherever Wilburn is, I, I'll just go ahead and run right behind his left or right hip, whatever you want me to do, boss. But I uh, 
I'm excited about the interiors chances first, Chris, and then I kind of feel like if you can get these tackles cooking, then then maybe you're going to be better than I anticipate. But given what Wilburn did a season ago and what we hear about stats, and also, I mean, contributing to the stats conversation uh, at center is obviously his familiarity uh, with Zach Kitley. Coach Hamby spoke on that also, you know, talking about progress and maturity being there uh, in year number two just as a result of being more comfortable uh, with what they're trying to do offensively. So, man, I'm excited about the potential with this group. I think this is probably about as hopeful as I've been with an offensive line in a decade. I really don't know when I felt like you had a group that I thought could come up with something. There have been some seasons where like, yeah, you got somebody that's supposed to be pretty good here, somebody that's got NFL prospect here, but – I don't know. And maybe it's just too much optimism because I'm still riding high considering the fact that you're on a winning streak. You have not been beaten. The winning streak is still alive, <laughs> but I'm excited about the group, man. How, wh- what do you see there? Because obviously you're following us as closely as anyone every year, the collection versus maybe some individuals of years gone by. Do you think you have a chance at maybe being a little bit deeper? Yeah, I, I, I like the group. I can tell they like the group. I, I just think that depth is depth is still a problem. And I think that's where, you know, I think they're trying to create or, you know, figure that part out. I, yeah. I think that you go, truth be told right now, I, I bet they would tell you we go seven deep. You know, we, we are comfortable and very comfortable with playing seven different guys right now. But as we saw last year, I mean, there, there's things that get, you know, they, they can, you know, can hammer you. And if you don't have some of that depth identified, you don't want to have to tap into it, but this is the sport. Um, and so that's the scary part for you is that yeah. I think your frontline guys are, are capable. I don't know if you have all world tackles. I don't know if Caleb and, and uh, Monroe are like, you know, all conference type guys yet anyway. Uh, I think the middle three are, are very, very good. Uh, but I think it's, I think the depth is the if, if you were putting a question mark on that group, it's like, OK, it, you know, do we have proven depth that we won't miss a beat on? That's what they're trying to develop right now. But, you well, know, the group, the group is, is is good. It should be a big reason why, you know, that uh, they succeed this year. Nowhere to go but up. I know we're all fans of Coach Hamby because of what he was as a Red Raider, hoping for good things, obviously, as a positional coach as well. But that has been about as beleaguered of a group. Uh, over the last decade and a third or so, uh, I think as there has been on the team. And obviously that's why you've had some of the seasons that you've had because you hadn't competed real well in the trenches or certainly not as consistently as you'd like. thought they competed a season ago, not to say it was good or pretty <laughs> all that often, but I thought they competed. Uh, and hopefully that's going to be the case in year two under Coach Kitley and Coach Hamby. And uh, maybe just a little bit better luck from a health standpoint that never hurt anyone, right? No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. All right, Chris, appreciate all the insight and the perspectives. Uh, once again today, man, enjoy the time and we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Keep hope alive. People have a good week. You got it. And subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't so far, so you never miss an episode. We're on the push to 3000. Can't believe it. I mean, we, we're just boys once upon a time <laughs> shooting for four digits. And now look at us topping 2,800 and cruising on to three bills. So, and I it doesn't cost anything. That. It doesn't cost you a thing. No. Just hit that button. And uh, we, we would certainly uh, appreciate it. Uh, 
Uh, management Absolutely. is after us to get to 3,000 as quickly as we can. Otherwise, they say, hey, guys, we may, we may have to do away with you. And finally, so. the commemorative keychain. <laughs> I did confirm 3,000 subscribers from uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay. So yeah. just still running around with loose keys in the pockets. I need that keychain. Subscribe on YouTube, please. And thank you. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies as well. All right. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you on the other side for another round on Locked On Texas Tech.